This is Bentley Manning. And this is Kellen Day. This is an experiment to see what happens when church gets canceled. And we find new ways to connect. This is... This is... This is... Empty Pews. This is Bentley Manning, and I am the rector here at the Church of the Incarnation, coming to you 4,118 feet above sea level. And this is Kellen Day. I work for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Kellen, thanks for saying that. For the past couple of episodes, you keep saying you work for me, but I think, as it is, you work for Jesus. I work for both of you. Right. Uh, Anyway, this is our third uh, episode, and we've made uh, some changes. Yeah, we've had some big developments in the last week, Bentley. We've had some huge developments. I think the first thing that we've realized is that this podcast, if it's a response to the current uh, pandemic, then we might be on air a little bit longer than we thought we would initially. Yeah, we just got news from our bishop this past Friday that worship is going to be suspended here in Western North Carolina through May 10. So uh, with that news, we realized that we would need to step up uh, our game a bit with this podcast. And we thought the first thing we should do is get some new microphones. And so we're speaking to you in these lovely mics, and I'm not even sure what brand they are because Bentley ordered them. But really, what it also accomplishes, apart from just having clearer audio with each of you listening, Kellen and I are easily eight feet apart. Easily. Practicing good social distancing. So we got some new microphones. We also um, got some new licensing uh, subscriptions that allow us to play better music to offer you all better sounds during this podcast. We really hope that you like the new intro. Kellen... During this time of social distancing, I'm kind of wondering how you're doing. What have you been doing to take care of yourself? Um, What are you doing to stay sane and grounded during this bizarre time? Well, I basically take it day by day, Bentley. I was reminded by my lovely spiritual director, Carla, that's her name, she's awesome, to dust off my rule of life. And so if you don't know what a rule of life is, it's this um, kind of document, but more like a living, breathing pattern that you try to live into daily, weekly, monthly. And on my rule of life are things like take long walks and pray and make a long, slow-cooked meal. So I've been doing a lot of those things, Bentley, and they're restoring my soul slowly. I've also been checking in with friends and reading books and poetry. Those are really helpful. What about you, Bentley? What have you been doing? Well, let me just say that in the short term, I feel like some of the patterns that I've had in place have fallen out a bit. And you're reminding me that now more than ever, it's important to establish and live into those patterns So exercise, uh, prayer, checking in with friends are all uh, important things to keep up, especially now. I think, you know, I'm like everyone else. I'm trying to get outside and take some walks. We've got a new basketball goal at the rectory, so our family's spending a lot of time shooting hoops. 
we played chess last night. And of course, you know, Leslie is trying to navigate this time with the kiddos uh, because they're not in school right now. So our children are in the middle of homeschooling and she's really carrying a lot of that weight right now. And I'm grateful to her for what she's doing. But I think, Kellen, what you're saying resonates with me and thinking about those practices that ground us and root us, especially now, uh, is vitally important. But in addition to thinking about what we're doing, I think just to kind of check in about emotionally how this uh, pandemic is taking a toll or how we're feeling. Kellen, how do you, what are your feelings right now? Well, I feel a lot of different ways throughout the day, Bentley. I feel anxious and fearful at certain points during the day, especially when I read the news. And then I'll have moments where I feel really obsolete and and unable to exercise my priestly vocation in ways that I would like to and hoped for. The idea of feeling obsolete is something that resonates with me. I think the priesthood is uh, a vocation that is particularly incarnational, which is to say it's about flesh and bone, uh, hearts, blood, eyes, uh, touch. And that's because the priesthood is patterned off of Jesus's own priesthood, Christ's priesthood, which was incarnational. We know about Jesus using mud and spit and water and all types of material things to show us something about the kingdom of God and not being able to see people physically makes me feel a bit confused about exactly what I'm meant to be doing as a priest during this time. Yeah, I really resonate with that reflection on the priesthood, Bentley. And I find myself saying to folks on the phone, like, I wish I could hold your hand or hug you right now, but I can't, and I'm really sorry. And I imagine that folks listening to this podcast know this feeling, know a bit about what it's like to feel obsolete. Not being able to do the normal things that we're used to doing is incredibly difficult. And of course, there are uh, thousands of Americans who are without work right now, and our prayers are certainly with them. So in terms of thinking about what we've been doing to take care of ourselves and reaching out to friends, this past week, Callan and I had a chance to call one of my best friends, Colin Mathewson, who is a priest in San Diego. We talked with Colin about a number of really wonderful things happening out in California, but we wanted to share a few pieces of our conversation where he addresses how the church can still be the church in this crisis. Here's Colin midway through our conversation. We are the church. We have a deep well of hope to share with the world. Um, this is when we really need to, to you know, to, to lower that bucket deep into that, um, that source of living water, right? And, and remind ourselves kind of what, what we have to give and what God has done for God's people over so much time, right? So that's, I think, 
you know, unfortunately we have to do that with technology, but that's just what we have. That's, that's the tools we now have to communicate. Um, although someone was saying the other day, what about, you know, St. Paul was writing letters, every, you know, all these churches, we could start, start writing some letters again. Yeah. Right. There's a model there of what Christian ministry looks like when people are separated over time and space. And we're trying to figure that out with technology. But I think this is also a call to all of us um, to start paying attention to who lives right next to us or right across the street. And in the ways that we can, they're still, you know, following all the kind of best practices for health, checking in on people, right? And making sure people have enough food or toilet paper or just, just an ear to talk to on the phone or something. I think there's just, um, we, we already live in a lonely, isolated society and that is only going to deepen in the time ahead. Um, the church can still be a real place for building community that um, gives people that just absolutely essential sense of belonging that we need as humans, that we are programmed and wired for. Um, the church is still a place for that, you know? And it's, we just need to figure out what that looks like. It was really great hearing Colin's voice, and I'm happy I got to share that with each of you. So I feel like we've checked in with each other, and we've checked in with a good friend, and maybe we should check in with our scripture passage for this week. I found it to be enormously helpful last week to check in and think about the readings for the upcoming Sunday, and I'd love to do that again this week. Me too. And... I feel like this episode is a lot about being honest, honest with where we're at and our feelings, honest with how the church is responding, and we find some really honest characters in the text for this coming Sunday. So this week's gospel is a long one, just like last week and just like all of our gospel readings during the season of Lent. So we thought it would be helpful to give a summary of the reading. I think it's your turn, Bentley. This week's gospel reading comes from the 11th chapter of John, and it's the story of Mary, Martha, and their brother, Lazarus, who has become ill to the point of death. In this story, we hear of Mary and Martha going to find Jesus, trusting that if he had been there, uh, their brother would not have died. But Lazarus, uh, sadly, is dead, and they trust that Jesus can do something about it. But before Jesus resuscitates Lazarus, we hear a really touching part where he weeps with Lazarus's sister at the loss of their brother. Jesus makes his way to the tomb, prays to his father in heaven, asks the stone to be rolled away, and Lazarus comes out alive and well. Once Lazarus comes out, Jesus looks at him, looks at the crowd, and says, unbind him and let him go. Lazarus. Unwrap your face now Unwrap your face now Unwrap 
All right, Kellen, you're preaching this week, so I'm curious about some of your initial thoughts or reflections from this gospel reading. Well, to begin with, I think I am drawn to the display of emotion in the text. Both sisters ask Jesus this really probing question, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. You can hear sort of the undertones of lament coming through and grief present in this question. But Jesus is also deeply emotional. At one point, the text says that he is greatly disturbed. And then, of course, the famous scene where he weeps openly at the tomb. And I am deeply comforted by the fact that this text does not censor the emotion. Kellen, if it's all right, I've, I've always thought about that very same passage in maybe a slightly different way. I've wondered when Mary and Martha say to Jesus, if you had been here, our brother would not have died. Of course, that could be read as a lament, but it could also be read as a deep affirmation of their faith, trusting that if Jesus had been there, he in fact would have ensured that their brother had not died. I think there's absolutely an affirmation of their faith in Jesus and his power. But we hear them saying, you were not here when we needed you. We know that you could have done something, but you were not here. Yes, one of my favorite insights from Stanley Hauerwas is that if you feel like you need to protect God from your hard questions then your God's too small. That makes me wonder what hard questions people have been afraid to ask during this time. Of course, there are questions about why this happened and what we could have done to prevent it. But some of the questions, Kellen, that come to mind are questions about where God is in this, our value as human beings, and our perceived worth being bound up in what we do? Those are some of the questions that come to my mind that might be a bit more difficult to ask right now. Except I do think that this text gives us at least an image for where God might be during this. Will you say a bit more about that? Well, he's at the tomb. He's standing at the tomb in front, weeping. There are a lot of tombs in the world right now. Lord, you have always given bread for the coming day, and though I am poor, today I believe. Lord, you have always given strength for the coming day, and though I am weak, today I believe. Lord, you have always given peace for the coming day, and though of anxious heart, today I believe. Lord, you have always kept me safe in trials, and now, tried as I am, today I believe. Lord, you have always marked the road for the coming day, and though it may be hidden, today I believe. Lord, you have always lightened this darkness of mine, and though the night is here, today I believe. Lord, you have always spoken when time was ripe, and though you be silent now, today I believe. Today I believe. Today I believe. 
Today I believe. We have had a wonderful time making this podcast, and we hope you have enjoyed it. We did a lot of checking in with each other, and we invite you to reach out, and we'd love to hear how you're doing always. We're doing our best to publish this podcast once a week on Wednesdays, so keep your eyes open, and please share it with friends who you think might enjoy it. And if you're curious where that prayer came from, it came from North Umbria Community org on their evening prayer selection. We miss you. We love you. God's peace. <laughs>